Hello, and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. Today, I want to talk to you about something that can feel a little touchy, but I think it's an important subject. It's something that comes up a lot, and therefore we should talk about it. And that is whether or not you should meet with or talk to or call the other woman, the other person, the affair partner to warn them or yell at them or whatever like what should you do in that case and I understand what you want to do and I understand why and I'd like to talk to you about why not anyway we're going to get into all of that in today's episode let's get into it hello and welcome back to another episode of a blessing in divorce I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today My name is Elizabeth, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here, we talk about how to heal, move forward, and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself, and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching, and that's when we aren't talking to our experts. I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried and a stepmom to three. So we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back. So there are usually three reasons, as I see it, that people want to meet the other person or want to contact the other person. So let's first create a bit of a scenario here. You know, your longtime partner, life partner, wife, husband, spousal unit, whatever, has cheated. And they have either decided to leave for that person or they might still be around. But no matter what, there is going to be a level of curiosity, if nothing else, and an interest in who this other person is. And I I tune in from sort of my own experience here, and I'll share that in a moment. But here's the question that often comes up in the Facebook group, and that is, should I contact the other woman? Should I contact the other person? As far as I'm concerned, there's three possible reasons that people want to do that or at least three of the most likely reasons. One is that they want to warn them and that is often what comes up. So there's sort of this altruistic kind of well-meaning, I feel like I should warn this other person um, about what a toxic individual they're getting involved with or how abusive this person was or something like that. And then there's the, I wanna get in touch with them because I wanna give them crap basically for wrecking my family, my marriage, for hurting the children. Um, And also sometimes wrapped into that is a desire to shame and ridicule and make public what this person has done. And then the third reason is often, which was actually my reason for wanting to do it, was just an incredible curiosity about who this person is. Like I just wanted to put a face to the name. I was thinking about her every single day. I had so many questions and my then husband was not being very forthcoming in answering those questions. And I just, I wanted to know who she was. I wanted to know what kind of person would participate in this affair, so to speak. So I want to get into each of those reasons and I will share my story at some point. 
So let's start with the first one. I want to warn the other person. I want to warn her, for example, about what in a toxic or abusive person my now soon-to-be ex-husband, for example, is. And as I get into this, I want to say, as much as I might reference husband as the ex, as the cheater, I am in no way saying that men cheat more than women, that men are more abusive than women, that men are more toxic than women. Um, I am saying it the way that I'm saying it because I tend to work with women. So that tends to just be my reference point. And so I slip into that language. I will try not to. But for those of you guys who are listening, I know that women cheat just as much. I know women can be just as emotionally toxic, hostile, abusive. Um, So that is not the point here. Let's focus on what I'm trying to talk about. And please don't assume that that's what I'm implying. I am not. And if it sounds like it, I apologize in advance. And that's what this disclaimer is all about. So let's get into it. Let's get into the the warning mentality that I want to warn this other person about what they're getting into. First of all, I kind of call bullshit on that because why do you want to warn them? Like, so now suddenly it's like, oh my God, I don't want this other person who has hurt and devastated my family along with whatever your ex has been doing. Now you want to somehow out of the goodness of your heart warn them? I don't know. I'm not saying that there is that this is not coming from a place of kindness. Maybe you really are that generous and that kind. But most likely, that's not why you're doing it. And so here's the thing. And I say this so often. I want you to be really, really honest with yourself about why you are contacting or want to contact this person. So you want to warn them. Why? To what end? It is going to infuriate your ex or soon to be ex that you're doing this, that you get in touch with this person. So now you're also, or I should say it potentially will infuriate. But if you decide to do this warning thing, which means you're going to basically share some very um, negative things about this person, then yes, they're going to get angry. They're going to get even more hostile. They're going to be even more high conflict. They're going to just make life that much more difficult for you. And you know what? At this point, you've been through so much. You're going through so much. You're going through a, a divorce and you're dealing with healing from a betrayal and you're dealing with all of these things. Why add this to your plate? It's not your job to warn. And then let's look at the other side of it. And I look at Let's just say it's a woman, okay? So you're, you are divorcing your husband and he has cheated and he is now with someone else. Or maybe it wasn't even an affair. Maybe the, the marriage ended for whatever reason, but he's already involved with someone else or your ex is already involved with another person and you're thinking, oh my God, they have no idea what this, you know, what my ex is like and I want to warn them. <laughs> so... If it was the other way around and you've met this new person and you're fallen in love and you're all happy and this person's being wonderful towards you and they might have also mentioned to you that they have divorced recently or are in the process of divorcing a very difficult individual and blah, blah, blah. They might be saying whatever about you. But if somebody, then the other person comes to you and says, I want to tell you all these horrible things about the man you're falling in love with or the woman you're falling in love with, would you really believe them? Just uh, like, wouldn't you be more inclined to 
believe the experience you're having, the fact that this person is being kind and wonderful and generous and loving and all those things, because what that what they're going to describe to you is probably going to be so far away from what you're experiencing, they're not going to believe you. So I want you to think about what you're hoping to achieve. If what you're hoping to achieve is this true warning and that's really all you want, ask yourself if you will be believed and if it's really your place to do it. Here's the thing. Is it possible that one of the reasons you want to do this is maybe more the other two reasons I mentioned or maybe it's because you want to you want to convince this other person, this affair partner, for example, to leave your ex. Maybe it's to hurt him because he's hurt you. Maybe it's because it feels really hard to imagine them as someone else, being nice and loving towards someone else. Whatever the reason, when you do that, when you make that choice to go to this person, you are also, without saying it, expressing an interest in them. You are making it known that they've hurt you, which obviously happens. You are opening yourself up to them speaking to you as well and them sharing their version of whatever you say to your ex and to anyone else who will listen. You are essentially giving your power away in a way. You are losing control of the narrative moving forward after that. Are you ready for that? Is that really something you want to risk? You're going through enough. I don't believe that you can have a positive impact on this person. I believe in at least the vast majority of cases, the new person, the affair partner, whoever, they need to find out on their own in order to believe this. They're gonna have to have their own experience with your ex in order to see who they really are because Don't you remember when you fell in love with this person? You fell in love with him or her. They were wonderful and charming and all, whatever they were. Maybe this person has really changed due to addiction or stress or a job loss or mental illness. I don't know. But the point is, what is it that you are trying to achieve? What is it that you want to walk away with after this warning, this conversation, Really think about the likelihood of you achieving that before you go into it. And that brings me to the second thing that I talked about. One of the comments that I saw underneath my post from a woman actually in my Facebook group, and again, this is not the first time I've seen that, was a desire to get them back, to make public what they had done, to shame her for what she has participated in, basically, you know, ruining the family, um, breaking down and and hurting the children and things like that. And I, again, like, I get it. I totally understand. This is what happened to me as well. You know, I've been married for 20 years. We had four children together. Sure, we had problems or, you know, things happen. And then I find out that he's been having an affair for a year with a woman who's 15 years younger, working with him, was also married, did not have children. And here she's just gone ahead and bulldozed my family, right? Like I could blame her for it. I could make it all about her and want to go out and, you know, 
make it public at, at the office and embarrass her and tell everybody what a horrible human being she is. And I get that you want to do that. But there's a couple of reasons that I think that it's the wrong thing to do. Um, first of all, what she did is is immoral. It, in my opinion, shows a lack of family values. Um, it just shows weakness of character, if you will. That is my opinion. That's what I think of the woman that my ex-husband cheated with. Um, I know she's a nice person. Uh, I mean, and I know this because they're not married and they've been together ever since. But, you know, I know she can be, she's good to my boys and she's nice and whatever. But I still think she's a woman of low moral character, low values. Like I, you know, what can I say? That's what I believe. I don't actually need to meet her to know if that's true. And I don't need to meet her to tell her that she is that because she's not going to listen to me. She's not going to care what I think. She has her own opinion of who I am based on what he's told her. I have no idea what he's told her, right? But the desire to want to go out and hurt them and and somehow ruin them and make public who they are, yeah, it might bring a little bit of shock value around them and people might be horrified and people might find things out, but they're gonna find out anyway. People aren't stupid. They can do the math of, wow, looks like they're together really fast, whatever, you know, stuff like this gets out without you having to be the one who deliberately, you know, shames her on social media or phones her boss or does any number of other things like that because when you do that you look desperate you look mean you come across as a toxic person and most likely or no I shouldn't say most likely but possibly your ex has already talked about you as a crazy person or as someone who doesn't care or who is really difficult or toxic or hostile or whatever. Who knows what they've said about you? Who, what you know? Their narrative to make themselves feel better about what they're doing, cheating, can be just about anything. And then you're going to jump on that wagon and go, hey, everyone, here is you know the person who ruined and blew up my family. It might make you feel better for a moment, but I don't think it'll make you feel better for very long because if you really aren't that person, if you are not a toxic person, then this is not in alignment with your set of values. You don't believe in what they did. You don't believe in that any part of it is right. And therefore, neither is doing something that mean and vindictive, that deliberate. That's not in alignment with your value system either. So as soon as you step out of your value system, out of your out of alignment with who you really are and who you want to be in this world and who you want to be seen as, then you're basically stooping to their level. You are now acting from a place that is not really in alignment with who you are. And you are no longer right, if that's what you're trying to be. Pointing out what someone else has done to you does not make you more right. You know what happened? You know the truth. I believe to this day that one of the reasons my ex has so much anger towards me because he does and always has for, we've been divorced for like 15 years now. But whenever, whenever somebody hears our story, 
the overriding sort of emotion that becomes evident is his anger towards me. And then they say things like, but I don't understand why he's so angry. He's the one who had the affair. He's angry at me, I believe, or one of the reasons I believe anyway, is because I'm the one who knows the truth. And so he had to create, and he did, a whole new story and a whole new narrative around what happened between us. Um, it has nothing to do with his affair, of course. And that's fine. I don't really care because I know the truth and he knows that I know the truth. And I think that's why he feels so much anger towards me. Those are his issues, by the way. It's got nothing to do with me. I don't want to get involved in that, that struggle, that narrative. I don't want to convince anyone that it's wrong. Whoever believes that, that's fine. They can be on his team. I have my people and they know the truth. They know who I am. And that's what matters to me. And I don't want to be the person who's out there screaming from the rooftops what a horrible person she is, because in my opinion, she's actually irrelevant. She's a nobody. She's just a, a low value kind of person who did something really awful or participated in something really awful. But the person who betrayed me was him, not her. So why shame her? It's almost like when you do that, you take the stink off him and you put it on her. Or you take this thing off the person who actually hurt you and you put it on someone else. And in a way, it absolves your ex of some responsibility because you're making it about the other person. The other person could not have walked into your life and bulldozed it, as you might be thinking of it. If your partner, your husband, wife, whatever, hadn't allowed it. That's how it happened. So I want you to make sure you are placing your anger in the right place. I want you to learn to let go of the anger so that it isn't the thing that rules your life so that you can move forward and put the two of them behind you. Forget about it. I spent <laughs> every morning, like every morning when I woke up, the first thing I thought about was the two of them. What they were doing, were they talking about me, were they laughing up about me, like I just... I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. I was tremendously curious about who she was. I had an image in my mind based on the few things that I knew. I knew she worked with him. I knew that she was 15 years younger than him. I knew that she was married and had no children. That's all I knew. I knew nothing else and I knew her name. So I created an image in my mind of who she was. And I really wanted to meet her as well, but not for the reasons that I've already mentioned. I wanted to meet her for the third reason. I was curious. I wanted to put a face to the name. I wanted to know who she was. I wanted to understand her. And I wanted, actually, I wanted answers to my questions, to questions that he wouldn't answer. So I phoned her. No, I didn't phone her. I emailed her. I had her email address, which was how I found out about all of this. And so I emailed her. I explained who I was and I explained that I would like to meet her if she was open to that. And I made it very clear right away in the email that I was not looking to cause a scene, that I was not looking to publicly embarrass her. I really just had questions and I wanted to put a face to the name. And you know what? She said yes. And I believe she said yes because she was as curious as me. She wanted to know more about me. Um, and I, yeah, I think she wanted to put a face to the name as well. So we agreed to meet. Um, and so 
I want to be very clear that as much as I'm generally speaking, suggesting you don't contact the other person um, for the reasons that I've just talked about. Yes, I did choose to meet with my ex-husband's mistress and uh, it was out of curiosity Um, and it was an interesting meeting. But what I really want to emphasize is how I felt leading into it. It was really hard. Once I decided to, or once we had decided to meet, I was faced with that. I was going to meet the other woman who had, in the way that I saw it, had won. She had walked into my marriage and she had won. She had been successful in seducing him. She'd been successful in making him, you know, I don't know if, if he fell in love with her or in lust with her or whatever, but he, she had successfully walked into my marriage and become the other person. And so I was really, really nervous about meeting her because I was actually really afraid I was going to cry. Um, I was also, she was 10 years younger than me and I just, and she was working in a professional environment with, with, with my then husband and I had been a stay at home mom for 17 years and I felt suddenly very outdated and very vulnerable and just really afraid that I was going to be sitting in front of this woman who was so, you know, empowered by that she was walking away with him, that she was going to be so strong and confident and um, empowered simply by my pain. Uh, Because I, I figured I'd probably sit and cry. I cried all the time. I had very little control over my emotions. I remember being on the phone with my best friend on the way to meet her saying, what if I cry? And I remember her saying, it doesn't matter. If you cry, it's completely understandable. Of course you'll cry. Like it's just be okay with it. It doesn't matter if you cry. You are going there to meet her because you want to know who she is and you want to ask questions. Go and do that. And if you're crying while you do it, it doesn't matter. And it really helped me. So I I walked into it expecting to cry, expecting to feel like crap, expecting to be sitting in front of this hyper sort of, I don't know, confident, amazing, beautiful woman for some reason. Um, I I can tell you, I stressed about what to wear. I changed like 20 times. I finally put something on that or, or landed on something where I felt, you know, really good wearing what I was wearing. And I went off to meet her. I was crying in the car when I was talking to my friend about it. Like I was, this was so emotional for me. And so, you know, I'm telling you this because I want you to really think about what you want out of the meeting. I knew what I wanted. I want you to feel sure that you'll get that, that that it's been very clear that that's the objective, that that's what you want, and that's what you're going to get, that you're not hoping for some other thing where the power to give you that lies in her hands. I I had told myself if she in any way was unpleasant towards me and was not answering questions like she had said she would, then I would just leave. So I had sort of played out those scenarios. You know, if that happens, I will just leave. I don't have to be polite or any of those things. I also realized, because I was still living with my ex at that point, this was like literally the week leading up to when he moved out, And I realized that she had not told him that she was meeting me, which I found interesting because I think she realized he would stop her. So 
I knew that she was very curious as well, which made her a little bit more vulnerable. Um, and it made me feel a little bit more confident going into it. I am not going to go into great detail about um, our meeting. I don't feel that uh, a public podcast is the place to do that. Um, and it's, it's something that I will be doing with my members, my Rising Free members, um, as I plan on having a call with them about this very thing, like about you know whether or not to and to help women decide what they decide what they feel they want to do we're going to be doing that inside the rising free membership which is where i run weekly support calls coaching calls where we all work together to to heal and to answer these kinds of questions and to solve these problems i will be sharing more details from my call from my meeting with her with all of them so if that's something not just that you want to hear the details of my story, but if you would like to be part of um, a call where you can ask more questions, where you can gain a greater understanding of your own motivation and how to handle it. And if you decide to go ahead, how to do that and how to feel empowered like I did. Um, I really want to help you with, like, I want to help you answer all of those questions. I want to help you make the choice or the decision that is best for you and for the right reasons. Because when we're really emotional and really angry and really upset and really hurt, it is really hard to make a decision or a choice that is that is logical sometimes or that is the right thing because we're, we're coming from a, an emotional place and it just makes it more difficult. Um, so I want to help you with that. So I really would like to invite you to consider joining us for these weekly calls. We talk about a lot of things. Some of the things that, that will be coming up in November is... Yes, this conversation, having it, you know, you and me, like sitting as a group on Zoom, all of us talking about it, all of us sharing experiences. And yes, you will hear the rest of my story. Um, but we will also be talking about co-parenting through the holidays, Thanksgiving coming up, um, also Christmas, of course, and other holidays. We will be talking about all of the things that you struggle with, that you find difficult regardless of what stage of your separation and divorce you're at, whether you're contemplating, you're in the thick of it, you're dealing with an affair or not, you're dealing with a narcissist or not, regardless if you chose it or, or they chose it, whatever, we are going to be having a call to discuss all of that and to share and just simply to be there for each other and support. But anyhow, let's get back to my meeting with the mistress, the other person. I I got there, I arrived, and I didn't even know what she looked like. And um, when we had connected and had understood that we were who we were and we sat down, I first of all, it ended up being, I thought we were going to meet for like 30 minutes. I really thought it was going to be a quick sort of me asking some questions and her kind of answering and that would be the end of it. We ended up sitting together for two hours. And um, we, uh, I can tell you right now, I never shed a tear. And she cried for two hours. She felt a lot of remorse. She um, expressed that to me. She apologized for the hurt that she'd caused uh, me and the kids. She shared that her family was in disagreement with what she was doing. Um, so she came across uh, very genuine. Um, I actually really appreciated her willingness to be so open with me. Uh, it was actually very helpful for me, but it could have been so different. It could have been so awful if she wasn't that kind of a person. Um, 
I will, like I said, on a call that is on a more private forum than this, I will share many more details. It's really um, a pretty juicy story, let me tell you. <laughs> um, so, but I don't feel comfortable sharing all of that here. It isn't the right place for it. So I hope you'll join me on that call. If you found this episode in, um, of value to you, and this is a topic that you would like to talk more about, you are going to love that call. But I want to wrap up this episode by saying the same thing that I say so often. Check in with yourself. Get in alignment with who you are, your values. Be really honest with yourself, really honest about why you want to reach out to this person, meet this person. You want to warn them, for example, is it really because you are so concerned about this other person's well-being or is it because you want to wreck something? I get it. I didn't want them to have a wonderful, happier relationship either. And they're married now. And I can honestly tell you, I couldn't care less. And um, yeah, karma has done its thing. But anyway, again, that's a story for our private group. I hope you'll join us there. Um, I want to tell you a little bit more about it. Rising Free is a membership that was created in April of 2020. It was a direct response to COVID at the time because everyone was suddenly stuck at home without really being able to access their normal uh, channels or avenues or whatever for support, like girls night out or going to a, a support group in person. So I started creating this weekly meeting where we just kind of got together and they would they would just cry and share and ask for help and support and we would all support. And it was really, really it was really lovely. It was needed. It was helpful. It really made all the difference to these women at the time. As time passed, it, they started asking me to talk about certain things, like subjects, like they wanted to talk. They want to learn about codependency. So I did a call where I talked about what codependency is and how we can heal from it and how to identify it and how to know if you were in a codependent relationship, for example. We've had calls on what parental alienation is and how it shows up. We've had calls on, of course, overcoming narcissistic abuse. We've talked about um, how to start dating again. Like we've talked about everything and we're going to do it all again and again as new members come in and as this conversation needs to be had over and over again. We talk about mindset. We talk about spirituality. We talk about everything that has to do with you healing you doing the work, not having to do it alone and getting through this in a way where you will one day look back and say to yourself, wow, I have come far. I feel really good about myself, about my future, about my life and what I'm creating for myself. I am so grateful. That's how they feel. And I want you to feel the same way. And so that is why I'd like to invite you to join us inside rising free so of course i'm running a special right now because i'm talking about it here with you and i want you my listeners to feel comfortable jumping in and to not feel that you're taking some big financial risk so i'm offering you three months for the price of two and the cost for these three months is 94 dollars I bet that's less than you thought it was going to be. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I, I think you already know that this is right for you. We meet once a week. We meet live on Zoom. I'm always on the calls. And you get an opportunity to get support from each other, other women who know exactly what you're going through, 
and coaching from me. And yes, this group is only available to women. I would be willing to open up a group for men, but I need a few of you to commit to it first. So anyway, I'll leave that on the side. All the details will be in the comments below. So I hope that this episode today has been of value to you. I hope that it has made you think, maybe look at things differently, which is what I kind of do here. And oh, you know what? Before I go, I want to mention one of the things that one of the men said that commented on this post when I posted it. He said, do you ever talk about taking responsibility and being accountable for you, for like your for her share, for her side of, you know, whatever she did in the marriage. Um, and I said to him, I said, as a matter of fact, yes, I do. I'm always talking about accountability. I'm always talking about responsibility. I'm always talking about owning your own shit. Isn't that what I talked about here? Isn't that one of the first things I said to you was be honest with yourself? I so strongly believe in that because it's actually empowering. It's not about blame. It's not about whose fault it is. It doesn't even matter anymore. It's about your healing. It's about moving forward. That's what all of this is about. This, that's what has to happen for you to feel better. So I thought it was kind of funny because anyone who knows me, anyone who's coached with me, any of my members in the Rising Free membership, when I told them that he'd said that, I, they all laughed. They're like, well, yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> so if you don't like that, then maybe the membership isn't for you. But I think you're going to find it incredibly helpful. So I look forward to seeing you in there. I look forward to meeting you in person. I look forward to being able to sit and talk to you um, like together where we can actually interact. So anyway, I wish you the most beautiful rest of your day. Thank you for being here. Until next time. It's been a pleasure.